Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. And every week we review a new streaming show or movie. This week we will review the Netflix documentary, Seaspiracy. Um, that's the word C plus conspiracy. C-E-A. Or no, no, no. S-E-A. S-E-A. That's right. Oh, goodness. It's not a great... It's not a great name. It's memorable, though. But, yeah, no, and it caught my attention for sure. Yeah. But who? You're there like, was the great Ooh. tweet where someone was like, what idiot didn't do a conspiracy? <laughs> oh, my God. You just blew my mind. <laughs> no, I think that would have been worse. No, How, that's so, it's so good. Much more clever. I know, but think of it written because it's no one saying it to you. So you're looking at it written. Yeah, it looks cool. Okay, before we get to our review, though, I just wanted to acknowledge that Netflix had its earnings this week, and it only added 4 million new subscribers, which was less than the 6 million that it had anticipated, and also, you know, perhaps unsurprisingly, uh, you know, just has slowed down really dramatically from the incredible growth it was seeing last year, and one of the things that... um, they brought up in their investor letter was this idea just that you know the content release schedule has has really slowed down because of all the the pandemic related delays and you know they're but they're optimistic that in the second half of the year it's going to be kind of back to normal and there's still going to there's going to be new stuff every every week and their growth you know they hope will be will be kind of back on the same trajectory and i mean i think that's just interesting to to sort of acknowledge but also I was curious if you guys had felt that yourself, that like we're, you know, a year ago, it just felt like crazy, you know, new, exciting thing on Netflix every week. How do we possibly keep up? And now there's a little bit of a sense of, oh, what's, yeah. what's new? Is there anything new? I think there's two things with this. One, I, I do I, I do feel like I felt it as a content junkie. Um, I felt myself like looking for stuff lately, which never was a thing for a while. Um, and I have to like consciously make, make a list and add stuff to my list when I see it, as opposed to being like completely overwhelmed. So I have felt it a little bit. Um, the second thing is that I read something about Reed commenting on the testing of the password crackdown, mm. the password oh, okay. sharing crackdown. And the article I read, I didn't love so much because it felt very like fluffy and it felt like, they were laying prostate in front of Netflix for some reason, but it was essentially that like Reed showed a lot of emotional intelligence in uh, the way he responded to that question, essentially saying like, it'll be okay. (laughs) I don't know what his exact quote was. Um, But I do think that that ties into the, the slowed growth as well. Right. Cause if you think about it, like there's only so much room. I, I know that Apple and Samsung kind of, get in the same boat sometimes where it's like okay who doesn't have an iphone now yeah right like who doesn't have access to netflix now and at a, at a certain point you have to start saying okay you got to pay um password sharing also alleviates the regular netflix price hikes that we experience right so um it'll be interesting to see how that rolls out you know i always love was it richard plepler from hbo who said we're in the business of, of creating addicts. Um, yeah. 
and he wasn't really focused on password sharing at all. So I think it'll be an interesting shift we see in, in the next several years because I think at a, a certain point they have to do something, right? And how that looks and how that feels to people is going to be interesting. Yeah, and I feel they they must be like playing with fire in terms of in, like piracy. There, I'm a, I cannot. I would love to see their data there where like every time we increase this, we push X number of subscribers to pirate instead. I'm sure they have a line and balance and are monitoring that closely and are like, well, this is acceptable, right? But they, that's going to accentuate it once they start clamping down on the things because a lot of the people, frankly, that I know who do like a lot of the password sharing aren't going to be like, well, I guess I'll just pay for my own account. They're like, well, I guess I just won't watch that or when I really want to watch it, I'm going to, I'm going to pirate it, right? So I I think it's going to have a huge impact on their business, but... Uh, Piracy makes me so sad. Like, who... I don't understand. If it was anything else in the world, would you go steal it? Well, no. Like, oh, I really want that shirt. That's end of the credits on the movies, right? But I think... So I think there are a couple things to think about there. I think in general, yes, I agree with you. I think... There are other situations where the, the like because of rights licensing and whatever else, like it's literally not accessible. I get it. If you're in a way. different country or something and you really want to watch something, that is slightly different. I feel like, I mean, it's still ultimately breaking the law, but it is what it is. And you have no like you have no legal way to access it. So the situation is different. But if you're like here in the States, and you're like, oh, I can't share my friend's password anymore, so I'm just going to go like steal all of this content. It's like if you wanted clothes or you wanted jewelry or you wanted anything else, you wouldn't just go fucking steal it. You wouldn't break into a store. Well, so maybe what? you would if you were a cool thief. Cool th- stealer? If you were like... a crook? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, I mean, that makes tons of sense. But I, I, I'm not debating the ethics of it. I just think that's the way that people are going to go because of the... Yeah, no, I agree of, with you. Yeah. It just it, it enrages me every time. Right. But. And and so just to be clear in terms of what um, is actually changing in Netflix, I mean, the answer is we, we don't know. Um, and so they did test a feature where you would get this sort of... Um, warning and and basically blocked access if you were trying to uh, log into somebody's uh, Netflix account from a different household and but it doesn't seem too hard to game because the the way that the test went was that they would send the account owner a code right so if it's if it's like um, approved sharing from the account owner let's say I'm on my mom's account and she's in Florida and I'm in New York I just feel like hey what's that Netflix code they texted you or whatever Right. Because I, th- I, I think part of the goal is when you're trying to balance all these different things is not to ever get to a point where only one person is using the uh, account and, and that's it. And we're 100 percent, you know, foolproof methods to avoid that. It's about adding points of friction so that you're not sharing your Netflix password with anyone and everyone, people. you know. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think there's a good balance, too, because I also I don't know about you guys, but with Hulu is a great example. I log into Hulu from different places when I get there. So, like, for example, like I'll go and log into Hulu when I'm staying with my mom or if I'm at a hotel or whatever. 
and I have Hulu with live and they make that really easy. Like they're like, cool, no problem. We're, we're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think those of us who are nomadic, uh, appreciate the ability to do that in a frictionless way. So, yeah. And I hate hitting up the limits, uh, which are, some of them are very, I mean, most of them are not that bad speaking for the big us based, uh, media companies. This is another situation where like local monopolies are really stupid because like the one called crave here, like has a really, really low limit. And it's like, how many devices, like you're, you're not accounting for your super users, which are probably like a four Apple TVs users. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's definitely a balance to be struck and I, and it would be great if, if Netflix could find a way to kind of like do that thing where, yeah, like you and all the people you should reasonably be sharing with, like your, uh, close family or friends or whatever, that's fine. And then anything beyond that, where it's like, I don't know, this person I met once who was like, we really had a good time at this party. So then I gave him my Netflix account. Like that shouldn't be okay. Right. Right. Or like all the exes, you know, yeah. like that's yeah. the big meme on Instagram is like, uh, you have like every single person you've ever dated is logged into your Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that password sharing in a way has been good for, uh, Netflix getting money from me in the sense that I, that there are a number of people who have access to my Netflix account. And at a certain point, I got tired of just hitting the the simultaneous streams limit. And so I just upgraded the account. Um, right. Same. And so it's just like, you know, I think in that sense, it's like a, a good thing for them. Yeah, that's true. And that's like a good example of a mechanism they already had there, which was sort of like it, it, it knew about, it acknowledged account sharing and then dealt with it in a way that wasn't overly punitive to subscribers but that Netflix. I think even at the base level you can stream simultaneously on two devices so that's yeah. like the majority of people's homes right like there's it's not super often that you have like you know maybe like people with kids or something but yeah they're essentially saying like yeah we know <laughs> <laughs> right right um, well, let's move on to our review of Seaspiracy. And again, this is a documentary on Netflix about basically the state of our oceans and why things are so bad. And Jordan, I think you were the one who had um, recommended that we, that we check this out. What, what interested you about the movie? I feel like why things are so bad could be just used for everything. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I had a couple friends that were talking about it, and I definitely, when it first went live on um, Netflix, I it's one of those things, so I'm a huge documentary fan, and I am very averse to food documentaries, because mm. I feel like it ruins um, something I love, which is eating. Mm. And so I, I tend... So not like cooking documentaries... No, 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 not like cooking documentaries. I think the, like the ones that are like, this is how a pig dies. And like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to upset some vegetarians and vegans and stuff. But like it, it, to each their own, I guess, whatever. Um, but like I I don't tend to like the ones that are like there's one on Netflix right now called Rotten. I'm not sure I can bring myself to watch it. Like I don't want to know about how my food is rotten or whatever. Whatever it is, it seems scary. Um 
So I was kind of like hesitant on this, but then a bunch of my friends were like, no, no, it's really interesting. You should watch it. And I kind of was having like a hungover Saturday and just sat down and, and did it. And, um, you know, it was, I, my, my take on it is that the information in it was very interesting. And I liked all of the, like the footage itself was like visually stimulating for the most part. Um, but I couldn't, I'm, I know Anthony, you feel this way too. I can't stand that dude. Like I cannot yeah. stand him. I couldn't, it's one of those things that I might even watch twice. Like I love Blackfish and I watched that like 17 mm. times. It's one of those things I might even wow. watch twice if it wasn't for this dude. Like I cannot stand the documentarian, his whole, like the format, the fact that he made the whole thing about himself. Like oh, I've always been really motivated and inspired by the world seas. So I thought about me and I am me and me is the most important thing about the world seas. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, dude. God. Well, also the, the accent kind of gave him a grace period with me that I just like anyone with the British accent a little bit more and think they're, they're smart. Not I mean, this I one, because he's like, yeah. I'm at the ripe old age of 24 and even <laughs> I don't know. And it's like, you're a fucking child. Like, shut up. <laughs> Yeah, 24-year-olds, you're children if you're listening to this. I'm upsetting everyone. Sorry. Don't think you know anything. <laughs> you, do, you know things. Just shut up. Like, he made it sound like he's like this wise old explorer, but that there was so much that he was shocked to learn. And it's like, no, you shouldn't be shocked to learn anything at 24. You, your whole, your, most of your day should be spent learning something at 24. Yeah, but I think he's right about a lot of the ex received wisdom that it's surprising that things contradict that, right? But it's like, because I, I think there's these things that have stuck around since like when we were kids. It kind of applies, extends to our generation about uh -huh. like our view on ecology and conservation, right? But yeah, I, I also, I mean, I also found him annoying, no question. Um, Thank you. I need yeah. to be validated in this, like <laughs> unanimously. I don't think that it's okay to not be annoyed by him. Yeah, and that's why I think, because, well, I mean, we can get into it, but I was, like, pretty convinced by the movie overall, and mm -hmm. I think that that was a, a strength of it, because it was, like, despite this obnoxious asshole telling me these things, I believe them and am spurred to action, potentially, but because of them, right? So. Yeah, I felt that, too. Right. I mean, and I wouldn't even necessarily describe them as... An asshole. I mean, I think that picking on his age is, it might seem a little silly, um, especially if we have listeners who are older than, than us and are like these, you know, dumb 30-somethings. No, no. I, every, you learn everything you need to know by the time you're 30, I believe. And then after <laughs> Especially if you haven't seen it, though, because like then you don't know how grading his like kind of like pretension is. And I do think it is tied to his age, because to me, it reminds me a lot of people, and, and it's not only people who are this young, but often people who are this young who just have for the first time discovered how terrible the world is, and they just cannot stop talking about it and acting like their way, you know, that whatever injustice they've discovered, how dare you not be immediately as outraged about it as... Um, as, as they are. And so, you know, I think that certainly I politically almost entirely agree with, with the movie. And I learned some things. I, I had gone into the movie thinking that plastics was mostly 
the garbage that we throw out as consumers. And one of the main points is that the bigger, a far bigger danger is 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 fishing, both oh, in terms spoilers, of spoilers, Anthony. I think that, I don't think there are any spoilers for this movie. What do we disagree? <laughs> it's a documentary. No. It's like all <laughs> publicly available. Don't be a don't be a whatever his name is, Daryl. <laughs> They're politically trying to get their their message out, um, and so I think we're just helping to spread the the good word. But um, I mean, this is interesting because. So that I agree with. I think like the political message is, is quite strong and, and overall mm-hmm. I'm still glad I watched it. Stylistically, as I told you guys before, like it just made me completely crazy because it's shot as if um it's this big I mean it's it's in the title itself, right? Um that it's this crazy expose of things that you had no idea before and as if it's this investigative crime documentary that's uncovering all these new facts and I guess on some level that's justified because I didn't know many of these things myself but on another level it feels very ridiculous just to like use one example that happens multiple times is the director will say oh I did some research and I discovered this you know shocking fact and then it's usually like a New York Times article yeah it's like a headline of like I don't know the friggin economist or something and you're like yeah that's not that's not (laughs) research it's not like you hacked into some government database you read the news bro yeah the intro definitely oversold it with like some really creative editing of people's quotes to be like to make it seem like he was under like constant dire threat like the entire time that he was filming the documentary which maybe there was a couple hairy moments there but it wasn't like uh yeah, it wasn't like he was out there in harm's way all the time. And there there were some weird omissions too, I mean, throughout. Like there was the, like the fact that they didn't mention the cove at all was really strange when it's like, what do you mean? They made a whole documentary about this. It's not like Totally. I, I guess it's cuz he's young. Like it was like now No, but he had to have seen it as I'm so inspired right. by the sea. Like yes, no, you've exactly. fucking seen that. All his references were 30 years old, so he should remember this 12-year-old film. That was all right. About he's talking about Jacques was... Cousteau. You're telling me you haven't seen the the Cove, like yeah, yeah. So the, there was that was weird, and then also the fact that he didn't mention that these people are the subject of a, a Discovery te- television show, like this crew that he's riding with. That's so dangerous. It's like, yeah, but I mean, those are the those guys have a show on Discovery, don't they? And they're yeah, they're on every, like weekly. I think we can all tune in. To these are the show, the right? Sea Shepherds. The Sea Shepherds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like, I, I, I feel like the, the overarching thing, and I kind of said this again, but it like feels more crystallized now is that he's taking himself so seriously, the actual serious content that he's giving a megaphone to, it's distracting. Like it's distracting from stuff that it, that actually feels really serious. Cause there was a lot that I learned the, the, um, the labels, we don't have to do yeah. this if it's going to upset Daryl about spoilers, but the whole information around <laughs> labels, I like never, that that really fucked me in the head. I was like, what? Yeah. That one did, because I was, I, I had some comfort in that. I, I was kind of like, oh, this means something. Like if, if I find a dolphin safe tuna, because I actually really like prepared tuna, like canned tuna. And so I, I had always trusted those labels naively, I guess probably I didn't really ever think to look into it more deeply. So, you know, it's not like uh, that's what I liked about it was it's not like he's doing anything that's like, okay, you haven't discovered 
like the secret it's not like you went and found this thing that nobody has ever thought of before but he collated and presented the information in a way that it like made it obvious and made things obvious to people who otherwise probably weren't aware or weren't actively seeking out that information right and i did like that it jumped the way it jumped from one thing to the next felt somewhat natural like we we despite the fact that he annoyed the shit out of me like as he learned something new he was like okay let's go do this now like i'm i learned something new and now i want to go like learn about this other thing that spiraled off of it and i i did like that about the format that you're like oh we're on shark fin soup right now he's like no 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 but there's this other thing let's go talk about that too because that's what i learned when i was researching researching quote unquote shark fin soup i did too i mean i i I thought that the idea of structuring it really about his own process of education and, and discovery, it made the whole thing very compelling, even if half the time I wanted less of him and more of the people he was interviewing and more of the sort of um, facts. And um, I, I, guess I can also mention that, you know, because I was just curious what the response has been to the documentary and if there's sort of any criticism in terms of, of the facts that it presents. And, um, you know, I have not done, I've done a, a roughly the same level of research that he does at various points. <laughs> you just Googled it. I, I Googled it. And um, it seems that there are news articles where, you know, journalists have called up various experts and the consensus seems to be that, yeah, like, it's, it's pretty solid. Like the, the, yeah. the, the case he's making, there are individual things where he may be citing study, studies that are a little out of date or that are a little controversial, but like the fundamental findings are seem pretty well established yeah and they're only out of date because big fishery blocked any newer studies and killed everyone involved (laughs) i also felt like the presentation of some of the numbers sometimes was like you know tricky you know like sometimes you can make a Mm -hmm. graph look anything like anything yeah you know like it's like what happened in the last minute compares to the last 75 years and it's like mm-hmm. well you gotta you know like there's other context involved in some of that stuff but okay yeah. not to diminish the the numbers themselves but this is a little random but did you guys notice that his production company is called disrupt studios i did, I did yeah notice that. and yeah. then i filed a legal concern i brought it to the attention Cease of TechCrunch's general counsel no I, right. but i did notice that and i thought that was pretty funny especially because i think one of the letters is backwards which is always classic <laughs> that always makes that's me so laugh. disruptive yeah yeah exactly they've enacted it in the font good job idiot <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> i like that you went like full daryl but then immediately went full canadian and apologized <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's unfortunate. It's like it's it's so weird with this movie because it's like the most unlikable possible person telling you stuff that you're like grudgingly like, all oh, right, like you made you made the right point like consistently throughout it, right? It's ah, uh, but I mean it's so effective, so effective, really. This is this this I think should convince people even who are skeptical. I kind of was skeptical because. I even went in, you know, having watched The Cove and having at least a knowledge of the ethical implications of, like, the fisheries industry, if not the ecological implications, and was still a pretty, like, devoted seafood eater, right? I was like, oh, yeah, Uh like, nothing's going to shake me off this rock. I love my fish and 
I don't care about them dolphins. I mean, I do, but like not enough to stop me, I guess. Um, Can we please clip that as a quote? And just <laughs> but Done. then I watched this and I was like, oh, he got me. Like yeah. this person who I would not like if he was like, yeah, you want to hang out? I'd be like, no, go away forever. But, you know, I would grudgingly agree that you have convinced me that I've, I, I'm at the very least, I'm going to scale back my seafood consumption, if not seriously consider eliminating it altogether i felt that way too i like 100 percent the exact same like i love seafood and a lot of the things that got to me were pretty um selfish though like the pink dyed salmon like really mm. bummed out about that i actually yeah. had salmon the other night and i was like this is gray it's gray well i think that's so this is this is not from that movie, but it is something else I saw this week. So uh, it was Elon talking to Peter, Peter Diamandis, both monsters in their own right, um, <laughs> about about their carbon capture context coming out. Right, and the one thing that Elon said, which I think is like super super accurate, is like you know when they all, all solutions need to be palatable in order to be effective, like the to the to to the average person, right? So. He was talking about Tesla specifically. And like when we set out to do that, we realized his exact quote was you can't you can't ask someone to wear a hair shirt to protect the environment. Right. Like you can't say like, here, do this incredibly uncomfortable, unpleasant thing and it'll help. Right. Because, I mean, that might be true, but nobody's going to do it. People I think essentially he's saying people are mm-hmm. inherently individually selfish. Right. Um, and I think. I think that even if you don't think that on the whole that's true, I think it's true enough that that is probably a, that an accurate statement for if you want to affect change at like large scale. So for me, that's part of the appeal of this too, is that he made a lot of the stuff like, hey, this is just like personally repugnant or like unpleasant or like, you know, like the, it's not about, oh, well, I'm going to sacrifice in order to do something. It's about like, not only is it bad for everything, it's also like, deceptive and possibly harmful to you as a specific individual right or at least gross which is an effective motivator so i like that and and he points to alternatives that like there are you know as i think they've gotten a lot less attention than like impossible burgers but that Mm -hmm. there are now plant-based alternatives to a lot of different kinds of um seafood and yeah i mean i would say that for myself this is where i get a little bit smug is that uh, i am a vegetarian so i don't eat seafood but I have to admit that even I went into this thinking that in my head of like, oh, when I, you know, if if I were going to eat meat, like seafood is better than like cows or chicken or something. Um, and I definitely walked out of this thinking, oh, it's all bad. Like, don't don't touch any of right. that. Um, so uh, I know, Daryl, you were talking about spoilers before. I guess we can maybe have a spoiler discussion with with the caveat that look, it's a documentary. These are all generally Googleable facts, so you don't have to stop listening. But if you don't want to know some of the things that are revealed in the film, like the big can, twist at the yeah, end, you can stop listening now. There's no big twist at the end. I, I thought that the sustainable whale thing was weird, and that's kind of a twist. That was yeah. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Oh, the final hunt. Yeah. It's like, what, yeah. what happened? What are we doing now? Well, that was, I, th- I thought that was actually one of the more effective because 
he's he said like you know we we kind of had gotten beyond this like this was out of scope for what we wanted to do we, like the problems we identified were so so sweeping and universal and monumental that like this seemed like small potatoes almost but then he just wanted to do it because he had already sort of planned it and then it made it a very and maybe that's bullshit but it made it a very personal effective like it was a very visceral scene right that was the one where you're like yeah yeah this is just unpleasant and these everyone here looks like monsters and i'm sick to my stomach right so it it brought it back to a more like just a, just a gut guttural reaction to like violence uh, and cruelty which i thought was effective. and he needs like interview skills you can't walk in and be like planet like that's not gonna be effective you know what i mean you might actually I mean, get made much- some decent points right like points where you could actually see his perspective but yeah yeah i mean i my reaction to that was i felt like it was complicated in a way that almost nothing else in the movie is complicated because everything else is basically and i think justifiably taking a very clear stand of okay these um environmental organizations that are supposedly protecting the oceans they're so focused on plastic trash and they barely talk about fishing and that is bullshit and i will do these like gotcha interviews where i call them on their bullshit um and again that you know was a little bit hard to watch because i found him so annoying but i think like fundamentally is correct because so his style reminded me of like a louis theroux approach but the way that louis does it is like actually very very effective because he's considered about it whereas this guy felt like he was just trying to like right. ape louis through but in a bad way so or michael moore yeah or michael moore yeah but um but yeah the whaling scene it, it's you do kind of go back and forth because it's pitched as okay there's sustainable whaling is there even such a thing and then the scene is it starts off kind of beautiful and and there's this kind of sad but like ethereal music underneath it but as the the wailing goes on it becomes bloodier and bloodier more visceral and then at the end you're just like snippets of like blood everywhere and and it is kind of horrifying and then he does this interview and and, well then he talks about his own reaction to it and he says that i realize that sustainability means that you can just keep doing this thing you know without having it you know just killing all the whales eventually. But that still means you're killing whales. You're just doing it in a way that allows you to continue killing whales. Um, but then he talks to a whaler who defends it and says, hey, like I, to me, a chicken, a fish, a cow, a whale, you know, they're all have consciousness and a life is a life. And so I'd rather kill an animal that can feed, you know, many people for multiple meals than having to like have a fish where it's you're probably for a single dinner eating multiple fish and that was pretty persuasive and even he sort of acknowledges that that's that he seems to acknowledge that as a legitimate point yeah yeah he acknowledged that he hadn't thought about it in ethical terms he had thought about it in sort of like mass or like, like environmental volume. terms yeah 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 so i did think i did think that was something i didn't i still didn't decide with the whaler obviously it was like well you should do some other third thing was basically <laughs> where i where i sat but uh because it was just yeah it was so they were so obviously like I, that also brings him into kind of the ethical impact of like 
the the fact that they are capable of feeling pain and things like that like fish are right and and that's yeah. not even leaving aside that these are like large-brained mammals which is something entirely different right so i think he kind of went back around and made it even more horrific when he started going down that road or it's like yeah i mean there is an ethical impact and then you're like oh and by the way the ethical impact is even worse for the things that you're doing without stating that because it's like you're just cruelly like slaughtering these things when they have no capability of defending themselves right and I think that was Sigur Ross playing. I'm not sure it was Sigur Ross, but I it think sounded it like that. I mean, yeah. it's also the setting where Sigur Ross makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that was so. This is a weird personal anecdote, but like the when I lived in Japan, they were very um, enthusiastic about their whaling industry. I would say so. If you went to a aquarium, they would have like a whole. Uh, like a part a display about whaling and why it was good and then they would have like the one that i went to had a uh collaborative display or exhibit with um, one of the nordic countries like i assume that one whatever wherever it's also legal right the one other place in the world where they ignore all the international conventions and just continue to have a whaling industry and it was like look at our great friends <laughs> here they also recognize how great it is um yeah so it's a, it's a, it's odd especially having come from and specifically in the context of like when we grew up like where that was kind of rammed down your throat especially in grade school and through high school i think was like whaling is absolutely some crazy barbaric practice that you know it is definitely not something anybody should ever do and then going there and having like cartoon whales like <laughs> encouraging <laughs> the harpoon or whatever you know like it was it was very unusual at, at a at a aquarium which we typically associate with conservation efforts or at least like a veneer of comfort conservation efforts right um yeah but that's just a, an aside <laughs> um i guess one other thing we, we i wanted to touch on was because we we're giving the the director a, a bit of a, a hard time, which I think is fair in the sense that it just makes that the, hearing his voice the whole time is a little bit grating. Um, the and and the fact that a lot of times he really is like googling things. That at the end they do a and he zoomed in on it so that it shows up big on the camera. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting <laughs> narrative device. Like, okay, show the page at two hundred percent on your monitor so that we can catch it over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> right, and and his name, by the way, is um, Ali Tabrizi. Um, so the director Ali Tabrizi, he uh, he does a, a couple of times, you know, go into areas where I think it is difficult to film. Um, including, you know, a, a location where they're doing some whaling in Japan. And then at the end, he interviews um, men who were basically kept in uh, a kind of slavery on on these fishing boats. Yeah. And, um, and is sort of like chased by the police at the end, supposedly. Yeah, that was uh, extremely unnerving. And, it, and just another way that it, I liked his approach of making it like it, it's like okay here are many many arguments why you should not do this right and each of them will probably resonate with a slightly different group of people but taken in total it's like 
it's you can't really ignore any it's like okay well what do you what do you care about like do you care about the the ecology the ethics or the human costs right there's like it frankly ramps it to the point where you're like well okay i mean maybe i was fine with like let's destroy the world's oceans in 50 years or whatever but when it comes to okay this is causing or resulting in human slavery maybe i need to take a look inside and see how how good i feel about this so it sounds like both of you are despite reservations about the the movie like are are kind of taking the the message to heart yeah and it was just when i was like coming into the because i've always had a kind of like a general distaste for specifically cooked fish but i've only recently gotten over that like basically in my 30s so i was like really starting to enjoy fish (laughs) (laughs) and now it's like well i guess that's off the menu like honestly i don't it seems it seems now so much worse even than land animals like when you think about it in the context of we don't like drop a huge fence around say a a savannah or like a prairie and then just drag it across that and then like kill anything caught in that fence and eat the things that we think are tasty like that's essentially the equivalent right so it's it seems really hard to kind of like think about it in those terms and then go all right that's probably okay that we should continue doing that yeah it's like uh and you can't really trust it. Like, you could trust that, like, eventually on land where we can walk and see things and, like, it, you know, whatever, that, like, not that we're there now, but that there could be regulation or or right. whatever, or, like, um, synthetic meats or whatever that, like, you could feel okay about it but it's like the ocean is so big it's so like unenforceable you know what i mean like there's no you just can't even if you get a label or you you know some government body says yeah like we've got this figured out like no you don't how you don't you know what i mean yeah i think that was a, a great point about it was they they reiterated multiple times basically like well i mean what happens at z who really knows and it and it's it's a good it's a good point and it totally applies like it's true that on earth too there are many ways that people work around kind of like ethical labeling systems and things like organic definitions but right it's it's somewhat enforceable it's somewhat regulatable on land it seems absolutely not to be uh, on the ocean Right. It seems like the only way that you could be confident at least on the ethical dimensions maybe not so much on the sort of like uh, is this healthy for me? Are there sort of weird chemicals in this dimension? Is that if you go out and like catch the fish yourself? Yeah, but then no, but you, you're not, right? Because you don't know that the actual composition of that, like maybe you roughly know the water. But you don't know if it's got like microplastics or like any of these other things. Right. I'm saying like in terms of safety, it's not necessary, but in terms of like, well, I know this, you know, I didn't like trawl the ocean floor. Right, right. And kill I didn't a bunch catch of six dolphins things. when I was trying to catch this. I didn't enslave salmon. someone and use. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Final thoughts on Seaspiracy. Oh, watch it, and you know, just like know that you're 
probably not gonna like that guy and then i mean if you do yeah i was wondering what you were gonna another say another problem you have to if you do there's another problem you have to think about you think about why do i like this person am i also unlikable yeah just think about like the last time you got into an argument if you like that guy just think back to the last time you got like in an argument with someone or were trying to teach someone something and just try to experience it from their side and think would i like the way that i was just talked to yeah, and then reckon that with that before you reckon with any of the fish stuff. You should, uh, yeah, you really need to focus <laughs> inward first. Let's solve solve the problems we can solve, and then then branch out for sure. I'm with Daryl 100. percent I think you should watch it. I think that the as someone who like purposefully uh, that loves documentaries and yet purposefully avoids ones that may or may not interfere with my diet, I heard what was said, and I have been thinking very hard about it, and. Uh, I can't stand that alley guy. And that's kind of my final thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. It was very exasperating at times, uh, sometimes intentionally so, sometimes unintentionally so, but I recommend it nonetheless. Um, if you have thoughts about Seaspiracy or our review, you can email us at info at originalcontentpodcast.com. That's info at originalcontentpodcast.com. You can also tweet at us at Original Content, and you can subscribe and leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast app. Thank you so much for listening. Daryl and Jordan, I'll talk to you soon. Later, Gator. Bye-bye.